0: <laughs> no one looks in the mirror and goes, I'm just okay today. And I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's that's not what we're striving for. Nor nor I, I don't think that's what we're supposed to strive well, for. but
1: AJ, I mean, some people don't have it in them. They, they, that's, even that is a lot. I'm trying to
2: reach to the person that, right now, it's, a, it's everything
1: just to get out of
2: bed. People get used to just feeling mediocre yes. and think that's okay. And then they lose motivation, they lose energy. And we were talking about know what your values are because that helps with our motivation. I think that's critical.
1: Welcome. Uh, this is part of a three-part podcast uh, we shot previously. I sit down with a couple of guys. I'm really proud I got a chance to talk to. I learned a lot um, uh, from Jose Moresma and Paramedic Lieutenant A.J. Bring. Both come with extensive um, history and credentials in exercise physiology, nutrition, life coaching, and just overall uh, holistic performance. We, we cover a range of topics that probably we've never touched on uh, in our organization, but I'm happy that we're finally having these conversations. I got a lot from it. I learned a lot, and I hope uh, the same will be true for you. So sit back and enjoy. Last week about exercise consistency, but before we start with the consistency, how does a person start? You got CrossFit. You have all these different... Disciplines, mm-hmm. right? Uh, then you say compound lifting, right? This is the weeder system uh, for people in my age group and, you know, squats, deadlifts, bench, yeah, you military get, yeah. press. Got your compound movement. Get your compound uh, movements, yeah, bro lifting. Good, yeah. um, what's the right way?
0: <sighs> that, man, that's a complex question.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of variables yeah. there. Um, so first thing, think of exercise as medicine. When your muscles contract, they produce proteins and hormones Exercise that actually, yeah, it, it, it raises is. the level inside. It's a challenge too. It's a hormetic stress. What does not kill you makes you stronger. And so we need to challenge our bodies because literally it's a signal to your body that you weren't good enough. Your body will respond by saying, let's get better. And it will make more muscle tissue. It will actually teach your nervous system to fire in a more organized way in a quicker way. So we're challenging our bodies, something that naturally used to happen. Here's the problem. We sit in cars. We sit in front of computers all the time. We're not challenging our bodies any longer. Watch a kid. They they won't stop moving, right, because they're intuitive and they, they know what their bodies need. You think we've become more cerebral, though? Oh, yeah. We're in our heads all the time. We spend, you know, there's 90% down here, but we spend all of our it's time up in here in the thinking and analyzing. And that's great. But. Remember, you got the rest of the system here. You muscle, con- you make your muscles contract, your brain is sharper. It actually produces uh, something called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. That actually is miracle growth for your brain. Why? Because under stress we're learning things and survival mechanisms and that kind of thing. So it, it has so many byproducts. It's the best antidepressant that exists by far. And studies done at Duke University it. that 30 minutes of walking was as effective as top brand antidepressants in the first six months, post six months, 500 times more effective. These are clinical studies that prove exercise is vital. Not just to like to to piggyback off of that, that 30 minute of that
0: 30 minutes of walking also drastically changed patients outcomes with cardiac disease. Sure. And the prevention of cardiac, just walking,
1: just walking.
0: Yes. So people are like, I've got to get in there and I've got to do all this. I gotta do crazy exercise to be healthy. I'm like, no, just go walk outside. Yeah, for thirty minutes. So, so that's the
1: start. Okay, let's move. Move. move every day. Move every, every day. day. Walk every you guys day. Guys are making it easy. So move every day. That's it. Yeah. So let's start there, because you know we've all seen CrossFit. It looks painful. Uh, people are like, nope, not for me. It's so fun. Uh, <laughs> so you like CrossFit?
0: I love it. You know what? And I, I like put, talk about foot and mouth because um, I fought CrossFit. For, I remember for years. Yeah. I'll never do that crazy stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, John Longdon and uh, Matt Watkins turned me onto it and I will never go back to just traditional weightlifting ever again.
2: Is that in the pukey, the clown days? Do you, do you know pukey? No, clown? I don't know. Puky. So I've been following CrossFit for a long time. <laughs> okay. Like when it first came out, cause yeah. I work with military and it was a lot of military guys would put in the wad, you know, the workout of the yeah. day, you know, and that's where we get all those names and so forth. And they had a, they had a, uh. Mascot, and it was Pukey the clown because okay. some of the workouts would make you puke. Oh, but but, but it was, yeah, yeah, that's awful. Anyway, there's puke sorry. Work. But 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 then when Reebok bought him, it, it got very glamorized and a little more slick. <laughs> yeah, packaged it a little differently. Yeah, it's very slick, well, very it's nice. Trendy up, right but now, it's almost, but I
1: think what you're saying is just
2: some movement. Yeah, right. We yeah. want
1: to be at some point on resistance. Right, right. Resistance training, but does it
2: does it matter? As long as you're doing something, as long as you're doing something. So if there's a hierarchy, here's what it is for me in my, in my book, just for general health, well-being for everyone, you guys, because you are tactical athletes, right? You guys are out there doing the work. I think it has to be a different level and we could talk about how that shows up in a second, but move every day. Don't sit for extended periods of time. And if you can do a little walk and if you can do a walk after you eat, for example, Great time to walk because your body prioritizes glucose after you eat for an energy source. If you're spiking your blood sugar, your body will actually process it out and you don't get the inflammatory response and then storing of excess calories that you have. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So It's a great uh-huh. technique. Second, at least twice a week, you need to light it up you need to do something that that lift heavy things do and that could so be your twice body a week, guys okay good so at twice. least twice a week two to three times for you guys i'd say two to four times at least where you're lighting heavy it up weights. short and they and heavy can you know we can call heavy either heavy itself or yeah. intense yeah like saying, Cross crossfit has changes. yeah it could be lightweight yeah. but the repetitions right they're a little bit faster yeah and it What it's doing is challenging your muscles. You're making them suffer. And when they suffer, they get better. Yeah. Yeah. And so do that at least twice a week. And then I like throwing in something that we call sprinting. Yeah. And sprinting could be fast body weight squats. It could be getting on an exercise bike and doing intervals. It could be literal sprinting. If you want like up a hill, short, 10 seconds or shorter Okay. because there are very specific, um, energy systems you're trying to trigger here. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. And so if you have that, so move every day, lift two to four times and lifting can be short 15 minutes. Most of my workouts are push up, pull it, squat. Yeah. Like that's, and I just do little cycles. I was going to ask
1: you that. What yeah. if it's somebody well, that says, why well, can't even afford a gym membership? You
2: don't, you don't need a gym, gym membership. membership. That's, that's an excuse. You, you know, know, we have excuses like piles of excuses why we're not going to do it. Just do it. Just get after it. And you have a body. It's heavy. You can move it in space and that's translatable, right? It's going to show up in your work. And so that's why compound movements, why do, why are compound movements powerful? Because you're getting a lot more muscle mass oh, involved oh, and it's right. having to coordinate right. movement. That's what we use in the real world. You're right. picking up something heavy. You're grabbing somebody and dragging them out. That's a compound movement. Yeah. I mean, you're using so, your whole body.
1: Give me this. So, because I'm, you know, what, what I'm trying to do is encourage people, but we want the pay off. Yeah. So for the guy that he's listening to you now mm-hmm. and he's saying, okay, I'll do all that, but... Because a lot of reasons people want to get in shape is for social reasons, right? sure. We want to look better, and we want to great attract whatever. But what are some other benefits? What? 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 How's that translating to my life?
0: That's just like working out. Yeah. Oh, I think there's a there's like an overall just general well being or sense of well being. Yeah. Um, you're you're more confident. You you're more productive. Uh, everything else that you're involved in. Tends to it just tends to flow better, not that it's going to be easier, but like if you're in a slump, you're not eating right, you're not working out. Waking up to go to work is going to be more difficult. Getting yourself ready to you know it go is, do activities is going to be more yeah, difficult. Uh-huh. Um, that the sense of working out it it does it really does put your mental space in in a good healthy place. So like an overall 100%. improvement. Yeah. Yeah. So of
2: everything. Yeah. Yes. And it's biological. It's yeah. psychological. Right, it's a hundred percent. When this feels good, yeah. you feel good. Things are easier.
1: Yeah, it's right? not just about dating or attracting someone. That's what I'm really getting at. Is that no? You, you may have some people in your headspace, and they say, "You know what? I don't care." You know, I, I live my life. I do my thing. I don't care. So I, what we're trying to show is the benefits. Like this is an actual improvement. Yeah. Of your entire life. I Absolutely. think.
0: I think deep down, and this is just personal opinion, but if I get somebody that comes to me and says, "I don't care." I don't care about what I eat. I don't care if I exercise. I don't care. That's troublesome. And I think there a are of, deeper, a, a lot of are deeper. That's a different thing. Those are deeper-seated issue that, mm-hmm. th- like, we've got. A, th- there's a lot of barriers that you're going to have to personally break down before we can even get to. Could that idea. be hormonal,
1: though? Is this a guy that says, yeah, yeah. Oh, "Oh, I felt that way because my. I was mean, low your your, your
0: hormones could be off. Your your neurotransmitters could be could be off. Like your, your serotonin and mm-hmm. dopamine levels could be shot. And you just feel like crap. Deep down, you probably do care. When you're having conversations, no one's like, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with being okay. Yeah. <laughs> no one looks in the mirror and goes, I'm just okay today. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's not what we're striving for. Nor nor I, I
1: don't think that's what we're supposed to strive well, for. But AJ, I always, you know, part of my job here is to kind of play devil's advocate. Sure. And so even that word striving, you know, I man some people don't have it in them. They, they, that's even that is a lot to just show up. Striving is a you know this is a conscious thing. It's <laughs> it is. It is. Some people are just existing. In- yeah. intention- I guess what I'm trying to do is like you guys are high achievers, and sometimes there's an assumption that everybody's operating at that level. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to reach to the person that right now it's a it's everything just to get out of bed.
2: Yeah, and so I, I think you nailed it though. Um, that something else is going on when you feel like yeah. that, when you feel that low, something else is going on now, all these lifestyle behaviors can inform that and help that and raise that level. But I think people get used to just feeling mediocre yes. and think that's okay. And then they lose motivation. They lose energy. And we were talking about know what your values are because that helps with our motivation. I think that's critical. What's what you important mean? in what you your mean? life? Break that down. All right. So we all have things that are important, areas of our life that are important. Like, what what are areas in your life that are important? Well, for me, it
1: would be family's important. There you go. Um, My, I don't want to say my job, my career, but my contribution. Yeah. Right, being productive, what I'm doing, what I'm trying to build is important. Um, We we touched on this last time, but I think spirituality just internally, Mm -hmm. you know, what am I a good person? Mm-hmm. Am I a valuable person to myself? All those things. Yeah. Um, those would be my values or what's important. Cool. To me. Perfect.
2: There you go. That's that's exactly it. So these things are your values: your family, your contribution to life. Yes. Your why? Why are we here? I think every human is hardwired to kind of answer that question. What's my why, why am I here? That's yeah, what's point. my why? The problem is we live in a modern world where there's so much stuff that can get in there that doesn't matter, right? Instagram, strolling, right? you know, whatever, all that kind of stuff, just BS that gets in there, right? But if we stay close to our why, then that motivates us to take care of it. So I have people do an exercise called be Be ruthless with what does not matter. And it comes from the Stoic philosophy, which I think I threw out before. The father of Stoicism is Seneca. This guy lived 2,000 years ago. Great thinker. And he observed that, hey, if you're not ruthless with things that don't matter, this is 2,000 years ago. You will spend your time and energy on things that don't matter. And you'll come to the end of your life and you will have regrets because you will have realized I wasted all that time because you're not getting your time back. And it's probably the most valuable thing that we have because it's passing. And so he said the way to live a life, they called it a life of virtue. Life of virtue meant a connected life, a life that had purpose for the individual. And they didn't say what uh, other than in service to man. That's, they believed that that's our purpose is to be here to serve each other and ourselves. So what they said is know what you value. And that's if your family is what you value, then live in a way that takes care of your family through your actions, through what you do. If your health is important to you, then take care of that. Because if you're sitting there drinking sodas and eating crap, then you're not honoring your value and you're going to feel crappy. Not only because of what you're doing, but because in the back of your mind, you're not honoring what you say is important to you. So I have people actually write down the five areas of your life that are most important, then evaluate that. Are you honoring it through your day-to-day actions?
1: And guys, if you're watching this, maybe we should do that now as we talk about this. Write down your five
2: values. and. Um, yeah, and we just start planning. And these can change too. Know that it's flexible, but as there long as you're there should be a constant yeah,
0: reevaluation. Absolutely. Let's yeah. say you, you don't
2: Constantly have kids and all of a sudden you have kids. Well, that's probably going to go up yeah. on the list as something that's important to you. Yep. So as you evolve, the list might. Absolutely. As you evolve,
0: the list should evolve. Should evolve. Yeah.
2: If you're living a, a virtuous life, yeah. it should. Right?
0: And it all comes back to intentional living. Yeah. Like Jose said, like everything that we do be intentional about what you're doing. If you're not intentional, you'll fail
2: at it guaranteed. So absolutely. You have to have goals that are clear and attainable and attainable. You're right. And attainable. And you can do that. And then what I have people do is then uh, on a scale of one to five, evaluate for yourself. This is not about shame or telling yourself you're doing it wrong. It's like, just sit back. Hey, if your health is important. I haven't evaluated. So, uh, if it's a, give it a one to a five scale, a one means you're not taking <coughs> care of it. Five, you're killing it. And if it's a three, what's one thing that you can do today to honor what you said you value
0: and you it's the so ruthless elimination
1: of, sorry, go ahead, AJ.
0: Ruthless, ruthless elimination of what does not matter. What does not matter. And was to you. Seneca. Yeah. That, Seneca. Have you heard of John Mark Comer? That sounds he's a, somewhat familiar. He's a pastor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Out of Portland. He wrote a book called "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry." There you go. And it literally he has you rate what is most important to you. Yeah. And then if it doesn't make the top five, you get rid of it. Get rid of it. And so just do or, not, it. or
2: don't give it a lot of. it. So time. I wrote right. the list I it a and you said yeah.
1: put it on a scale of
2: yeah one five, to five. And, and how do I score it? So one means I'm not taking care of it okay. the way I should. Yeah. Five is I'm really doing a good job. Okay, so and, that's
1: a good exercise. So write them down, then you're gonna yeah. score one to
2: five. I like that. And then pick one thing that you can change because action is what changes everything. Yeah. Right? Thinking is great, but action matters. So same with the workout. You know, you're thinking about working out. Great. Do it. Do it. Just now. Do it. Get after it. The time that you spend just thinking about it, you could have done five workouts, right? I say that all the time. Same well, true for
1: so many things. Everything. I, I want to start you this. Nailed business.
2: it. I've, I've been well, talking about this it. business for twenty years. I have friends like that. There. So when we live like this, yes. then everything starts getting more exciting. They and like that's it. where we reconnect with mm-hmm. the energy of life. That why? Because when you know why, then what you do has more meaning. And that's how. That's the say Jedi that mind trick.
1: Say that again. Yeah, and this when you is have Simon, your why.
2: Yeah, when you know why, what you do has more meaning right? The purpose behind it and yeah. intentional, living. intentional living, you nailed it. That's something that we've lost, uh, I think, culturally. And we get into the just the slump of living our busy, crazy lives that we're trying to keep on the road. Right. Yeah. And and stress is going to happen. And that's why getting your mind straight is so important it's, it's, because it's, then it helps you reevaluate. And then after that exercise, I have people actually write a called a vision board or an action board and I have them do a visual representation of those five areas, like what they want. Like a photo. Like a photo, or I have them cut out pieces of paper or something, and then I have them put it someplace that they can see it regularly so that you keep reminding yourself, hey, this is why. This is why I'm showing up every day. And it keeps you motivated. Yeah. All right. And that takes work because motivation I, that, wanes, man. It uh, goes up and down. Some days you wake up, I'm charged up, I'm ready to go. And I don't, I don't
0: think we could say it enough. Again, er, even everything Jose is having his, his clients do is all intentional.
2: Mm-hmm. Sit Super down. Super intentional.
0: Yes. Sit down, figure out priorities, vision board, put it somewhere you can see it. Every day you intentionally get up, look at the board, figure out what you got to do today to achieve your goal. And it'll all
2: fall into place. And one of the best things you can do is train, train it. You can train 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 all these things. And so what I have a hundred percent of people do is have a morning routine, something that they do when they wake up. First thing, there's a great book called stealing fire and then tools of Titans. Another good book. Um, Stealing fire, tools of Titans. Yeah. Tools of Titans. So stealing fire was written by uh, Stephen Kotler. And, um, He's a journalist, but like a performance scientist really is what I think he is. And he went out and interviewed 500 top performers from Elon Musk, Navy SEALs, uh, a bunch of fire rescue, you know, elite people just knocking it out of the park. And he wanted to know what do they do so that we can learn from them. And uh, 80% of them meditated, the other 20% did something like prayer, wrote down stuff. That's one of the first things they do when they wake up. They don't touch their phones first thing in the morning. They don't pick up their little device and start get distracted. They actually use that time to aim their day. They do meditation. They do gratitude practice. So that seems kind of esoteric and out there. But guess what? If we don't remind ourselves of all the good stuff around us. We're going to focus on the negative. We're going to get down and negative. And they've studied gratitude as a mindset, like tons of research. Just that alone would be one of the things I'd say you could do right away. Yeah. Wake up, remind yourself like, gosh, I'm glad I woke up today, or I'm thankful for my family, or I have a place to go and work and do stuff. It changes you. And when you practice these skills, they get stronger, and it touches every aspect of your life. So I have everybody start their day that way. Instead of, like, chasing their day, they're aiming their day. Hmm. Yeah. Chasing as opposed to aiming.
1: And, you know, AJ, you brought up a really good point. And you you took me back to um, kind of back to, you know, a guy working 48, not feeling great, right? All this stuff going on in my mind, and I'm just... At work, I'm existing, running one call after the next after the next. There's, it's like being a roofer. There's no end, right? After that roof, guess what?
0: There's another one. You get
1: another roof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's kind of like that, you know, when you're running these calls. And um, so while we're at the station, we're gonna be working out. Okay. We're gonna try to improve our diet, right? Yeah. Um, sleep. Sleep. This is a big one. Because if you're doing shift work, you're working at night, um, or we're running calls, we're working 48s, there's no way out of that. Like we can't no, change that. No. So how does a person like when I was still, you know, back on the rescue running calls, I wouldn't sleep at the station. I'd always at have all? this low No, even if my eyes were closed, I would have this low level of kind of anxiousness and anxiety. Like the anticipation of the next call. Call anticipation. Yeah. We know that next call. Uh, the sleep would be horrible. Um, if you could sleep because depending on where you work, you might be up all night, yeah. Yeah. um, get off, go home. Um, sometimes I'd have a drink thinking that that would knock me out. Um, and, and pass out for a few hours, but wake up feeling
2: oh, crap. even, even more, even worse. More yeah, yeah. No, garbage, like
1: right? I didn't rest.
2: Because four did eight, I didn't rest. Didn't three, four rest. days
1: goes by. Yeah. Uh, the night before I go back on shift, I don't sleep much because I have that anxiety again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this, this cycle, over a while, I'm always tired. Yeah. So how, 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 how would somebody improve their sleep when you still have to go to work?
2: All right. So I've got some thoughts on this one. So first thing, because you, you set it up perfectly. The anticipatory response, which is that's where anxiety actually lives, is trying to predict what's about to happen, right? You're waiting for it to happen. Very normal human kind of mindset. Um, You can calm that down using meditative techniques. You can use mindfulness techniques because the key is bring yourself back to right here, right now so that you're not thinking into the future and if you can bring that down you're going to have less of the anxiety that's going to disrupt your sleep and I mean, so that, forth and that's i mean that's
1: easy to say
2: it is but how do you do it so uh, you do it with a regular practice yeah, with okay. regular push-ups for your mind yeah. and like i said having a morning practice of some sort can help you with that and so well, it starts drinking can, can you my,
1: can, can i just do it right now. now here i'm gonna so help
2: me so let's say i'm um, the night before i'm going back on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm
1: restless. And I keep looking at the clock. It's 10 o'clock. Oh, I need to go to sleep. 11 o'clock, I need to go to sleep.
2: What do I do? Okay. First thing, set an alarm. Bec- okay. That way you can put that to rest. You're not going to oversleep. You're not going to miss your time. Right. Okay. So that takes that off the table. Your brain doesn't have to think about that because that's sometimes what happens. Yes. Right? It's like, wait, did I miss it? And yes. Oh, no. have something that's going to wake you up. All right. Okay. Then... Do what we're going to do right now. So get comfortable in your bodies okay. right now. Comfort in your body. Get comfortable. And I want you to take five deep breaths into your belly, in through your nose, out through your mouth real deep. And try to notice the physical sensation of breathing. Just notice the breath. Notice your body relaxing with each breath out. Try to relax. Drop your shoulders. Like if you're in bed, relax your feet, relax your legs, relax your chest, relax your hands, relax your face. Just five deep breaths. Are you doing
1: this with me, AJ? Oh, I'm doing it. All right.
2: How do you feel? Relaxed. Relaxed. Okay, so you created that physical sensation of relaxing. Now, imagine you did that every day. You practice that technique every day. Guess what? That's gonna get stronger so that when you notice that, oh, I'm starting to get a little anxious, I can calm my body. And you can bring yourself back to right here, right here. I can rest right here. I can close my eyes. I can allow my body to calm down instead of getting into the thinking and the anticipatory response now night before going on shift. You can do that in shift. You can do that between it's resetting your foundation. We were talking about being grounded. That's grounding you. It's bringing you back when we're anxious. It feels like the roots got pulled up. Think of your brain as the roots, right? And when your roots are planted, you can be flexible up here, right? When you get knocked around, you get pushed around by a call or whatever it is, or your wife, it's like the, the plumbing blew up or whatever, you know, I can't deal with that right now. I got to be right here right now, right? Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I hope that's going to be
1: helpful for us. be And I'm picturing that like, yeah, you come back, we, you know, on a fire call, adrenaline's way up here, get back to the station, shower, try to go to bed.
2: Why do we, care? and this technique that I'm that, that thing that you did just five breaths, so Stanford university published a great study in 2019 showed five deep breaths, lowers respiration, heart rate, adrenaline, and cortisol. Those are biological mechanisms that you're actually triggering yeah. yourself and you're bringing them down. Yeah. Right. So you come off a call, of course, you're going to be jacked up. So what can you do, do some of the breathing. It's actually going to help your body. The, 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 uh, parasympathetic part of your autonomic nervous system to get rid of all those chemicals that you produce and your your kidneys are going to process them out, and you're going to pee them out right so it literally is triggering a known biological mechanism so that you're harnessing your biology to work for you and not against you because if not you're just going to be triggered you're going to be up and you're going to be waiting for the next call well right then if you can calm get down you can do a workout maybe if that's the right time of the day to now do will it affect can do, me can i get
1: up that fire call and then i i go and slap my can Throwing a big old dip, <laughs> is that gonna? Yeah, gonna
2: that's gonna that's gonna jack you
1: up. yeah, yeah, that's gonna. I'm just putting
2: it out there because it, people yes. don't think that you
1: know is that gonna also affect sure. my sleep. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Nicotine
2: is yes. gonna affect your sleep because it's a stimulant. Yeah. Now it it could be applied in a way well, that's think it's helpful.
0: Relax me. No. a lot of, Oh man, I need a dip. A lot of what is relaxing about smoking or dipping is, um, the muscle memory. Yes. It, has, it has been associated yes. with, for that person, that dip has been associated with a calming effect. Yeah. Right. But, uh, physiologically isn't calming to you. Yeah. That's a great, um, distinction. but it's, it's a coping mechanism because you're like, I'm stressed out. I'll throw a dip in. If what about I even after you eat? Like, I used to want one as
1: soon as I eat. Oh, next thing, I, yeah.
0: It's a habit. It's a that, that's
2: it becomes a habit, and that's why your brain triggers it. Right. Yeah, we love patterns. We love yeah. habit. Your brain wants to run off of patterns yeah. called the default mode network. We have to automate so much in our everyday lives, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we're automating things unconsciously that may not be beneficial for us. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because we'd that. be overwhelmed if if you know. Think about first time you drove a car on the freeway as a new driver you're hyper vigilant, oh, right? Yeah. The truck goes by, you, you notice like, everything. Yeah. Five years later, it's like, you're not even thinking anymore. Yeah. We've automated that response, but yeah. we do that to everything. Like, right. so make sure that's called training, right? Training patterns. You guys in the training you do here, you're trying to automate everything that you know, yeah, right? So yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, these guys train for a year before you let them out on the loose, right? Yeah. And still supervised. But the goal is that their training is so automatic. The thing is, when you're not living intentionally, we are training stuff that isn't beneficial to us yeah. all the time. And so if we have intention, we're focusing on the right stuff, then our training is purposeful and we're doing things that are beneficial for us. And that's a, the big part of intentional living. Now, is what that
1: part, part of sleep hygiene, what, what you guys sure. are talking about?
2: Yeah, that can be part of sleep hygiene. What
1: is sleep hygiene? I've heard this term. It, what What is it?
2: Yeah, so sleep hygiene is uh, the term that's used for just things that you can do to make sure that you're – it's like – any other kind of hygiene, you're, you're not, uh, you're taking care of your sleep. That means, you know, getting to, trying to get to bed at okay, the same yeah. time, wake up at the same time, uh, Soviet have a dark room, of the routine, okay. Yeah, have a dark room. This the, and this is the sleep hygiene for every, everybody. It doesn't matter who you talk to, whatever sleep expert, it's the same sleep hygiene. So it's a good, comfortable environment to sleep in, um, dark. So if, if you can't. Have a dark room, get a little eye mask. I have an eye mask. mask. That's what I use. And I just put that on every night. Um, I've gotten into lately nose breathing. So I put a little piece of tape over my mouth. So I'm not mouth breathing, which can lead to snoring Mm -hmm. and sleep apnea. Um, they make mouth guards now that you can just pop in and it actually helps you breathe through your nose. And that is huge actually for good quality sleep. That's why sleep apnea issues are so big for people. It disrupts. It doesn't let you go into deep sleep. Um, don't get in front of a screen, right? Bright light. So it's TVs not just blue like TVs off, yeah. off that they, kind of I don't stuff. Even have yeah, that, I'm
0: pretty sure it's, uh, like blue light should be, um, limited. Like you shouldn't be exposed to blue light 30 minutes. I want it sits 30 minutes or an hour before you are, is this it two hours? Ideal, okay. But you If you
2: can do whatever, yeah. whatever, so that you're not getting that light. Most you can, people have the screen in, in bed
1: oh yeah. you're scrolling. And then Imagine
0: so, you'd leave your phone. In a different room. Or I actually bought a one of the wireless chargers and it's on my dresser. So when I walk in, I put my
2: phone on my dresser and I go lay down on my bed. Yeah. Phone's up for the night. Phones over there. And it and it goes back to what you were talking about, habit that your body actually associates something. Right. So when we are in bed with our device or doing work in bed, now your body's associating bed with that. So every sleep expert is gonna tell you bed is for sleep and sex. That's what you should leave it for right don't do your work in bed yeah. don't have a tv there don't get entertained cuz you eat get crackers bed. in bed i yeah. shouldn't eat crackers in bed so get out of <laughs> be bed messy. and <laughs> eat your crackers then get back into bed All right. like even if you can't fall asleep within 20 minutes that's part of sleep hygiene get up get don't up. start training your brain to think that i'm going to sit here and like fuss and struggle if do something if you can't boring can't sleep get up yeah if you can't sleep 20 minutes give it 20 minutes if you're not falling asleep get up do something boring that could be like reading something or whatever something simple like you could that. listen to a little music you could do a little meditation and then get back into bed do there's, five ten minutes
0: get yeah, back into and bed. there's a lot of science uh specifically that i came across reading before bed mm-hmm. and what it does neurologically for
2: you yeah. is amazing it is amazing so that's a great yeah, habit yeah. actually to have is to read for five, 10 minutes yeah. every night. So, Definitely puts me to sleep yeah. every time. There you go. Uh, what we, about temperature control? Yeah. That's keep it cool. One, yeah. Your body needs to drop about three degrees to fall asleep. And so s- keep your room a little cooler. Is that like 65 degrees ambient, right? Is yeah, like, it's like around there. What that's
0: they the recommend. number. 65. Yeah. So if, uh, if you can tolerate.
1: So dark room. Yeah. A Cool room. Yeah. Uh, now the station, you can somewhat control that, but it's not always.
0: Up you to can to. control the. Most stations are ice cold. boxes, man. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so yeah. have a nice. You have your cozy blanket. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if you have a nice cool environment, it feels pretty good. Yeah. Rooms are
1: like we got pretty good sleep hygiene station. I think.
0: I think so. Most of our rooms are very are cool, and um, Dark. they do a really good job of blacking the rooms out.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. use that to your advantage. Here's the last one. That this is a big one. New to sleep hygiene, and these are more the the leading people. Like we talked about Huberman. Were we talking about Huberman? I think so. Andrew, yeah. Huberman yeah. podcast. Yeah. Andrew Huberman. Yeah, he's a neuroscientist. He's an ophthalmologist actually technically what his <clears throat> training is yeah, has on the eyes but the eyes are part of the brain and so he got into neuroscience and there's a lot of neuroscience with the eyes and the brain behavior and all this stuff but one of the best things that, that we're finding right now from the science side is get sunlight on you Yeah, when you wake up the yeah. moment you wake up go outside and get some indirect sun into your eyes it actually helps set your sleep hormones um, and then before well, when the sun's going down, get a little bit of that sun. So, if and again, on a 48, that's hard. Yeah. But one thing that you can do is the second you wake up, if it's daylight, make sure that you're getting a little sunshine on you without sunglasses on. Not staring at the sun, but just getting yeah. Yeah. indirect light on your eyes. Yeah. Don't stare at the Any sun. Any bright light, <laughs> sun spe- specifically is yeah. going to burn out your eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't do that. But but it's it's even less blue light. It's more uh, bright light is what they're seeing. It okay. just happened to in the studies that, that made blue light so popular is that they were actually dissecting eyes and pulling out, um, the, the photo sensors that were involved with blue light and they weren't looking at all, all the light. sensors okay. now. So okay. they're really thinking it's bright and then have kind of mild lights on, uh, before you're going to sleep and you can use red yeah. light, you can use fire light, you can use candles. Those don't disrupt sleep.
0: Okay. Yeah. But like incandescent, obviously. These
2: are really stimulating yeah. our light. And, and for somebody that's on call, it actually would be great to look at a bright light, even if it's nighttime, to wake yourself up. That's going to do more to wake you up than popping a dip well, in or in, slamming coffee. But I
1: think in certain systems, um, the lights automatically come on. Okay, there you go. Uh, we don't do that here, but I know there are systems that have that.